0: Welcome to Quick Brain, bite-sized brain hacks for busy people who want to learn faster and achieve more. I'm your coach, Jim Quick. Free
1: your mind. Let's imagine if we could access 100% of our brain's capacity. I wasn't high, wasn't wired, just clear. I knew what I needed to do and how to do it. I know Kung Fu.
0: Show me. Welcome back, Quick Brain. Today on this episode, we are going to talk about blood pressure and blood sugar and your brain. And I'm excited to have back on the show Max Lugavere, New York Times bestselling author of Genius Foods and a brand new book called The Genius Life, Heal Your Mind, Strengthen Your Body, and Become Extraordinary. Yes, Max, thanks for being back on. Thanks for having me. So let's let's do this. In our last conversation, you've been on the show twice before. We talked we, the first one. We talked about genius foods and intermittent fasting, and in that conversation, you mentioned blood pressure and blood sugar. And I wanted to capture this on um, on audio for our audience because you know we know it's so important to take care of your hardware. So talk to me about about blood and these biomarkers.
1: Yeah. So I mean you can't necessarily feel when your blood sugar is elevated, although you can certainly feel a dip um, in in blood sugar. And you also can't feel when your blood pressure is chronically high. You know, it's called the silent killer for uh, a reason. You can't necessarily feel it's similar to inflammation. You know, you can't really tell if you're enduring systemic inflammation, but nonetheless, um, having healthy levels of blood sugar and blood pressure are both crucially important to your brain health. Um, Can we
0: define what these are?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, sugar in your blood, at any given moment, you have about a teaspoon's worth of sugar circulating throughout the entirety of your body. So, if you consider the fact that when you drink a glass of orange juice, which is how many Americans, unfortunately, start their mornings, you're basically mainlining six teaspoons of pure sugar into that system. And your body has to jump through hoops, essentially, to mitigate the damage and to bring your blood sugar back down to a normal, healthy level. It's called homeostasis. Um problem is today, many people are struggling with issues related to blood sugar. I mean, the the hallmark uh, medical condition is known as type 2 diabetes, which is when your blood sugar becomes chronically elevated. Um, But many people are struggling also with prediabetes. About half the population actually has either type 2 diabetes or prediabetes. And unfortunately, many people with prediabetes don't even know that they're prediabetic. So this is something that, you know, you should get a checkup, you know, every, you know, your annual physical, this is something that you should definitely keep tabs on, making sure that your blood sugar is within a, within a healthy level. And the best way to do that is to eat a diet that, you know, doesn't stimulate your blood sugar all that much. Um, you know, today, your average American consumes about 300 grams of carbohydrates every single day. Uh, and carbohydrates, when they get broken down, you know, they're essentially, whether we're talking about simple carbs, which, you know, most people are familiar with sugar, it tastes good, right? But even complex carbohydrates which come from grains like you know wheat bread or you know white rice and things like that they're essentially uh, glucose molecules that get broken down you know almost instantaneously in fact when, once you start you know once you begin chewing on a food that is predominantly starch those uh, starch molecules begin to break down right in your mouth in fact that's why you know if you if you put some white rice on your tongue and you just let it linger in your mouth it'll start to taste sweet after a while. Um, so, you know, a lot of people have, uh, issues related to blood sugar, which can, your blood sugar will begin to, uh, increase essentially if you consume too many calories today. Um, you know, once you uh, once you run out of places to store the excess energy that you're consuming by consuming too many calories, well, you know, it's just your blood sugar begins to inch up because you've become essentially insulin resistant. So the hormone insulin, which helps to shuttle sugar out of your, um, blood you know can only store sugar in a limited amount of places you've got your muscle tissue um, and you've got your liver but at a certain point insulin becomes less effective because your cells become tolerant to insulin and it causes your blood sugar to remain chronically elevated and what that does is it basically causes inflammation in the blood vessels of your brain I mean it causes that inflammation everywhere I mean, it's such a this is one of the reasons why type 2 diabetes ravages the body um And, uh, you can become type two diabetic, you know, it's not necessarily the carbs that you're consuming, although... You know, most people today, their diets are built around what are called ultra-processed foods. And these foods tend to be made of, you know, refined grains and things like that. Um, but the real issue, I think, with, with modern foods is that they're hyper-palatable. They're like mouth porn. You know, once we begin, uh, once we, we, once we try some of these modern creations, whether it's a bag of chips or french fries or, you know, donut, muffin, pizza, burrito, ice cream, what have you, it's that saying, once you pop, you can't stop. That's like a truism with scientific backing. So the best way to not become a type 2 diabetic is to basically avoid those kinds of foods, those ultra-processed foods, which you know are found in the aisles of our supermarket. They typify the standard American diet. If you already have issues with your blood sugar, there's now countless uh, clinical trials coming out showing the validity of low-carb diets as a means of helping to bring your blood sugar back down to a healthy level and reduce people's dependence on insulin once they become um, type two diabetic. And you know, just to just to go back to how this is relevant for all of us, when your blood sugar is elevated for any extended period of time, it causes inflammation in the blood vessels of your brain, and there's actually a direct relationship between having higher levels of blood sugar and shrinkage of the brain, which nobody wants. So the diet that I advise people to consume is one that, you know, is is primarily whole foods, and it gives the brain the ingredients that it requires for good health. So, you know, dark leafy greens, cruciferous vegetables, minimally processed foods, wild fatty fish, you know, you've, we've talked about the brain foods uh, in the past. And then... Going back to the you know the blood supply of the brain, it's not just blood sugar that is of relevance. So blood pressure is crucially important. Um, there's a lot of misconceptions, I think, today about how to maintain healthy blood pressure. I think most people, when you say the term blood pressure, most people, they automatically think of salt, right? If you eat more salt, your blood pressure increases. Well, actually, most of the salt that we're consuming today in the modern world come from these ultra-processed foods. Uh, and so your average American is getting plenty of salt because, again, we're basing our diets around these kinds of foods. But these kinds of foods actually cause our bodies to hold on to more salt. So it's not necessarily the salt itself that's the bad guy. It's the foods in which we consume them in. Research, in fact, a a large meta-analysis published over the past year um, found that Actually, if you were just to balance out your sodium intake with uh, healthy levels of potassium, and I don't ever recommend supplementing with potassium, you know, instead I think it's it's crucial to get potassium from foods. If you go through the supermarket and you look at the foods that have the highest amount of potassium, they're all going to be the best foods for you. So fruits, vegetables, even salmon is actually a great source of potassium, which is kind of hard to believe, but um, but it is, you know. So even consumers, people who are consuming. Pretty large amounts of salt, double or maybe even triple the amount of salt that the American Heart Association currently recommends for good health. The Any negative effect that that salt had on their blood pressure was negated when they were just eating more potassium, more fruits and vegetables. Um, a lot of people also underappreciate the role that sugar has on blood pressure. So the worst thing for your blood pressure might actually be sugar. In fact, just one sugar-sweetened beverage, one high-sugar beverage, can keep your blood pressure elevated for two hours after consuming it. Um,
0: What about things like honey?
1: I mean, honey, I think in moderation is okay. You know, it's going to have maybe trace amounts of antioxidants and things like that. But I mean, to some degree, sugar is sugar. Whether or not you can tolerate sugar, Jim. I mean, I don't believe in a one-size-fits-all diet. If you're an athlete and you're working out vigorously, yeah, you can handle honey. You can put honey in your tea. Um, you know, indulge in a little bit of maple syrup every now and then. It's totally fine. But the problem is, you know, I like to look at statistics, and I see that most people are actually not engaging engaging in any leisure-time physical activity. You know, most people are by and large sedentary and struggling with issues related to their to their blood sugars. So I, you know, generally will, will recommend when I'm speaking to a, a you know, a big audience and I don't know each individual person's sure. health. And of course, I'm not, a, you know, I'm not coming at this from the standpoint of a clinician. I'm not a medical doctor, but, you know, I think at this point what the research says and, you know, most of the experts in the field would agree with me, there's no such thing as a one-size-fits-all diet and your tolerance for carbohydrates depends on your personal health and your fitness and, you know, things like that. Is there a test? Yeah, I mean, any doctor can test for blood sugar, and blood pressure is something that um, you can. Well, actually, you can test your blood sugar at home. You can buy a little blood sugar. It does involve a finger prick, um, but even though I'm not a, a type two diabetic, I um, I actually bought one of these units and I was testing my blood for a while because I think it's a, it's it's worthwhile to know what your blood sugar does after a meal. So I'm not recommending that everybody necessarily go out and do it, but if you're crazy like me, you know, and you're interested in what your biology is doing after a certain meal then it could be worth looking into. And then blood pressure, they sell very inexpensive blood pressure measuring devices um, that you can buy for your home. And actually, it's it, it tends to be more accurate to test at home. A lot of people get what's called white coat syndrome. Their blood pressure increases just when they go to the doctor's office and they see the guy in the white coat come in, or the girl in the white coat come in the room. Um, but uh, yeah, I can't underscore enough how important it is to, to maintain this healthy blood pressure. And so... Avoiding sugar-sweetened beverages and processed foods, I think, is crucial. Exercise. A recent uh, meta-analysis came out and found, you know, found out, very rigorously performed study, found that for people with high blood pressure, exercise was just as effective as blood pressure medication. And this is really important because another study that came out recently, and I write about this study in The Genius Life because it was so groundbreaking, found that for older adults with high blood pressure who were being treated with a pharmaceutical, but being treated to a more um, aggressive degree, actually had a 20% risk reduction for developing mild cognitive impairment, which is amazing because we don't yet, I mean, there is no drug that you can buy in the supermarket that is, you know, FDA approved to help prevent mild cognitive impairment. But it seems that by, by keeping our blood pressure within a, within a healthy um, range, it seems that it's like, you know, uh, one of the best things that we could do for our brain. And I think it's so empowering to know that we don't need drugs necessarily to do that.
0: So to be clear, elevated blood pressure, what's the effect on the on the human brain?
1: Well, it damages the blood vessels that feed your brain blood, oxygen, nutrients, the building blocks that your brain requires, and the antioxidant protector molecules that your brain requires to stay healthy. Um, you know, if you were to take all of the blood vessels out of your brain and stack them end to end they would stretch about 400 miles long so there's this deep capillary bed of of you know these blood vessels that are supplying blood and nutrients to your brain and in fact in alzheimer's disease dysfunction of that vascular bed is one of the first things to go awry um, and in fact there's a, a a condition called vascular dementia where you know it's basically like a series of microstrokes in the brain that lead to impaired cognitive function Um, and, uh, yeah, staying active, I think is, is really important. And, you know, uh, keeping your blood pressure within a normal, healthy range is crucial. Hypertension is something that affects a huge number of people. Um, and we're beginning to see it inch up slowly, but, uh, surely in younger people. Um, and so it's a, it's a major problem, but I think it's, it's, there's no doubt that the fact that our diets have become, basically built on this foundation of processed foods that are loaded with added sugars and unhealthy oils and things like that. We're seeing this epidemic of sedentary lifestyles. Um, And, you know, even though we talked about light on the previous episode of your show, uh, light plays a role in, in maintaining healthy blood pressure as well. In fact, there's some research suggesting that the UVA rays from the sun actually can help boost nitric oxide in our blood vessels, which can help boost blood flow. Uh, you know, throughout the body, including the brain. So it's, you know, the, the problems with the modern world, and I go into detail in, in, in sort of, um, every way that I think that we can sort of tweak and optimize the modern world to better cater to the needs of our biology. But in so many ways, you know, the modern world has become like the hunger games and we're just thrust into the mix, like unwitting combatants being attacked from every conceivable angle. Uh, but I think once you have a roadmap and you act on that roadmap, I love when you say that you know knowledge isn't power; it's it's changing your behavior that's actually power. Um, I think with with just a handful of tweaks and and in, insights, um, living an optimal life, a genius life, becomes that much more achievable. And you
0: you literally gave everyone a download of a lot of those things that people could do. We'll, we'll we'll add them on the show notes as well as have links to the book at jimquick.com forward slash notes. And this book is this book is dense. I mean, you, just having this conversation, I think people are walking away thinking, you know, what I eat matters, especially for my gray matter, for sure. Um, people can find the book. Anywhere where books are sold.
1: Anywhere books are sold, yeah. We've got some goodies uh, that we're throwing around at GeniusLifeBook.com. But yeah, people can pick it up anywhere. Amazing.
0: And uh, social media, I recommend everyone take a snapshot, as I always do, of this episode because going back to this idea that knowledge is not power, it's potential power, we have to get momentum. And I think the best way of demonstrating that to ourselves as a person who is not only acts with uh, you know with thought but also thinks as a person of, of action is to do something and something everyone could do right now is take a picture of their notes or take a picture of this video I mean this audio and uh, tag max and tag myself in it and share your 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 one takeaway I know you learned a lot here but is it are we gonna Is it about the foods that you're going to eat or the foods you're not going to eat? Are you going to get monitoring devices? What are you going to do right now to be able to move this forward? And again, it's not about being perfect. It's about advancing and making progress. And uh, Max, thanks for being back on the show.
1: Thanks, Jim, for having me. Always a pleasure.
0: Want to double your brain speed and memory power? If you'd like to learn rapidly and get ahead faster, I'd like to give you my brand new Quick Brain Accelerator program you will discover exactly what I teach my clients to learn, read, and remember anything in half the time. There is no charge. as my gift to you for being one of our subscribers. That's kwikbrain.com. Or simply text the word podcast to 916-822-7246 and we'll send you a direct link. That's 916-82-BRAIN. And finally, the T stands for teach. You want to learn faster now? The key is to lock it in right away by teaching it to someone else. When you teach something, you get to learn it twice. Here's a simple way to do that. Leave a review on iTunes.